Eternal rest grant unto her, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon her. May she rest in peace. Amen. May her soul and the souls of all the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most of our conversations were in Italian after Mass. And I have to admit, I understood about half of what Nona ever said. And given her hearing, she probably understood less than half of what I ever said to her. Fortunately, uh, there were only a few times where I saw the squinting eyes of, I don't understand what you're saying. But it was always with benevolence, fortunately. I, uh, as, as an Italian, it makes sense that um, her devotion to the faith included a special place for priests, so I'm grateful for that benevolence. Uh, but of course, the conversation then turned to the Bambini, because if she was going to see the great-grandchildren that afternoon, it was a very good day. And... Um, uh, and that's a great gift to have so many generations all together. Beautiful. Uncommon in, uh, in the new world. Very common in the old world. And um, not the only characteristic of, of, um, of a Christian culture that surrounded her, thankfully. Um, I've only been calling her Anna Maria for a few days now. She's always been Nona. Um, Christians believe that not only is the soul immortal, created in time, so there was a beginning before which we existed, but once God created us out of nothing, we exist for all eternity, not by virtue of um, uh, anything but God's gift and God's pledge. God pledges that when he makes a rational soul, an angel, or a man, male or female, that this creature will live for all eternity. That's a very good thing, or a very bad thing, but let's concentrate on the very good part of it. The souls in heaven, we understand as Christians to have perfect knowledge of physical events, of, of that which is taking place here. They can see what we're doing. They can hear what we're saying. They don't know what we're thinking unless we address ourselves to them and speak to them. So that's why prayers are, are an important activity. Um, God can read our mind. Fortunately, the only one who can read our mind and read our heart is the only one who loves us absolutely perfectly. But when we, when we ask the angels and the saints to pray for us, we, we don't have to make a noise, but, but we do have to address them. That might sound really strange, but you know, occasionally there are people who know each other so well, they only have to look at each other a certain way, and they know what message is being communicated. We don't have to make a sound always. And interestingly enough, the, the doctors of the church would even um, lead us to understand that the souls in heaven can even 
Um, no past events. Again, if they're, if they're able to be seen and heard. So fortunately, I'm hoping that Nona's path to heaven is nearly complete, if not already complete. Um, none of us is perfect. Um, I'm always amused when I visit the nursing home and I ask people if they need to go to confession and they say, I'm stuck in my bed. Well, you know, why do I have to confess? Um, <laughs> most young people don't need to lift a finger to commit horrible sins in their mind and in their heart. Uh, sins of hatred, sins of uh, unwillingness to forgive, um, uh, defiance against God. Uh, the, the worst sins you can commit are in your heart. So just ask Dante. When, um, so we, re, we do a grave disservice even to those who are devout um, by simply assuming casually, oh, they must be in heaven, right? If they're not in heaven, who is in heaven? Um, that's a good way of thinking about it. Without God's help, none of us go to heaven. We actually need God's direct intervention in order for us to be worthy of heaven. And we don't go to heaven just because we haven't done anything to uh, exclude ourselves. We're already born at a deficit. We, we see the evidence of original sin throughout the world. Uh, when, when little babies figure out how to lie without anyone ever teaching them. Uh, and the, who, to whom do they lie? The ones whom they love and the ones whose love they crave. I mean, how it's a perfect illustration of everything we learn in the book of Genesis, where we are truly made in the image and likeness of God, and yet we, we mess it up. Um, we, we, um, we introduce a, um, a trick into which we've been deceived. And... Every one of us then actually needs the grace of God. Everyone needs to be saved in order to go to heaven. So none of us, truly, um, even most innocent of us, can say they deserve heaven. Um, fortunately, some of us, um, like Nona, have known uh, a Savior who died for her and gave her eternal life through the mysterious life of the sacraments beginning in baptism and sustained by penance and holy communion. Um, and it is difficult to be good. We all know that. It is difficult to love. It's very difficult to love our neighbor. It's very difficult to love our children uh, sometimes, only sometimes. It's very difficult to love our enemy. It's, it's actually heroic to love everyone. To truly love the way God has taught us to love, that's impossible without having in us already the love of God. And we hold it so incompletely. And to be able to enjoy being in heaven, we have to be completely filled with that divine love. And as some of us learn early on or eventually, it's painful uh, to, be, to become someone who loves. It, it breaks parts of us. It um, changes us. So we, uh, we'd, um, we 
We'll continue to pray for Nona, but I do hope that um, that the grace and the consolation we have in her receiving the sacraments, not just throughout her life, but even the day before she left us, um, provide for uh, a happy and blessed Christmas, and maybe even a happy and blessed Advent already. I, that, all that is introduction to say, hopefully by now or very soon, she will know everything I ever told her after Mass, but I'm going to have to wait to get to heaven to understand and know what everything that she said to me. But I know it was all good. <laughs> Death is always unwelcome. Uh, there is never a good time and never a good age, never a good circumstance. Um, we always want uh, another hug. We always want to hold her hand again. We always want another kiss. Uh, and fortunately, uh, a prayerful soul will recognize, as you all have already put into words, a lot of that is selfishness. If I loved her perfectly, I would just simply be happier that, um, that she's no longer afflicted by a, a weary body that's broken in so many ways. Um, if, I, if, I, if I had no self-regard, I would only be grateful. So there's evidence of our, um, our room to grow. But, but that's exactly where we, where we ought to find ourselves, is in recognizing that I love this, I love this person and I love myself. And if, if her happiness is complete, or when her happiness is complete, it will be because of the complete transformation and complete union, complete and perfect union with God. And so if I desire that for her, how, how, why do I hesitate to desire the same for myself? You see, this is easy. Uh, obviously, a lot of you um, are new here. We, uh, not every Catholic church has a rock climbing wall uh, where the entrance is. Uh, it's a very unique design for a Catholic church, I understand. Um, but a lot of times when a priest is preaching a funeral homily, it's to people who he, whom he doesn't know very well or doesn't see very often or ever. Um, but now I I never see you in the front pew, right? It's usually the second pew, maybe the third pew. But it's, it's, it, this is a, um, an opportunity um, to be a family in a way that uh, it's not welcome, but it's, it's, it's a blessing um, that this is a funeral um, of family. And, um, and we can go a little farther and a little deeper in our thoughts and in our prayers because we know how much the faith means to us. Because we, um, we don't just desire a consolation. Um, or in the sense that we don't simply desire for our, our woes to be taken from us. We desire the consolation of, of, of being able to rest in God. And, and so there's something about hope that's on my heart to share with you, hope is something that uh, is universal. 
it's a universal characteristic. It's not a Christian thing. But Christians use the word hope in a peculiar way. Um, and you should know this if you talk to someone who speaks precisely, as this family does, as my family does. When we, use, we, when, when we use words precisely, sometimes we're misunderstood. Hope, in the usual sense, is a kind of optimism. Maybe, a, a, maybe it's spiritualized. Um, but when Christians use the word hope in its theological sense, it means almost the opposite of optimism. Faith, hope, and love we know as, as the theological virtues because they begin with God. They, they, they come from God. They're prompted by God. They're made possible in us by God's grace, by God's assistance, and they lead us directly back to God. So the theological virtue of hope, which is um, part of the Advent season, means simply this that I look forward to the fulfillment of God's promises. I, my heart is, is, is resting, is, is, is yearning for the fulfillment of God's promises. Some of God's promises play out in life, but, but, the, but ultimately God's promises play out in heaven with the invitation to eternal life. And the promise of the promise of heaven to those who who die in the grace of God. And so, a person, a Christian person of hope, is someone who is still um, trying to make things better, but isn't attached to the world. Um, who doesn't need to think things will get better at the office. Things will get better in our country, or things will get better in our diocese, or in another diocese, or in that church, or wherever. In fact, someone who's, who is perfectly hopeful is, understands that things get worse. Um, it's, it's the person of, of, of hope who can say with serenity and love that, no, we haven't, we haven't even come close to hitting rock bottom. But I'm, but I'm not shaken. I belong to God. I'd look, I'm not looking forward to... I don't need things to get better now. I'm just looking forward to heaven. Now, the person of hope without charity doesn't have sympathy and compassion for others who are suffering. But the person of hope and charity is someone who can lift up others to, to the eternal. Advent then really is a season of hope because it, we, we prepare ourselves to, to see Christ coming into the world historically and also at the end of time. As people of hope, we know that the bad things that afflict us aren't just things I can blame on others, but I have to blame myself for some of the bad things that afflict me and, and that afflict others. A person of hope is also a person of penance and humility and contrition. And that fits the Advent season, and that, and that fits where we are as we entrust Nona and her soul to the mercy of God. Um, 
we offer up prayers for her and on her behalf. We, we offer up sacrifices and penances on her behalf. And as we do so, we know that at some point, God will, God will redirect our vision so that we look forward to heaven because we want to be with the ones we love. But hopefully, eventually, we look forward to heaven because, because we love God. None of us can, um, can put into words uh, the suffering of a widow. Um, 30-some years is a long time. Um, and a Christian who um, has brought life into the world um, and has also um, accompanied loved ones uh, to the end of their lives. There is something godlike. Uh, there is something divine. God permits us to participate in his um, saving of the human race, his bringing us into existence, and his leading us to heaven. And so we ask him, um, we already know how much he loves Nona, um, but we ask him that whatever, whatever imperfections still cling to her or whatever, whatever sins remained or whatever lack of grace or perfect love, um, that maybe we can open our hearts and on her behalf receive his grace and receive his love and let it count for her. And be grateful, not just for not just for God's eternal promises, but to be grateful that um, for all the blessings that come with the beginnings of life, um, that God that God gives us people who love us, um, that He surrounds us with with beauty, um, He He delights our senses with with music and poetry that uh, tap into the divine spirit, um, that He gives us the joy to dance. Uh, I have to admit, I did not go back to Facebook last night to look up the video of Nona dancing in the kitchen last year, but um, that's, that's a joy that doesn't, um, that doesn't just come from personality. Uh, that's a joy that comes from great courage, um, because someone that old isn't dancing without a little bit of pain. Um, someone that, who's lived life that long doesn't, certainly has accumulated enough sorrows and, and, and enough grievances to be angry for all eternity if, if she chose to be. But we choose where we look. We choose where we set our sights. We choose upon which we rest our heart. Uh, and so we thank God for the gift uh, of a very short seven years, but a lifetime of being loved by her uh, and loving her. And um, not anytime soon, but eventually being with her again in heaven. Eternal rest grant unto her, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon her.
May she rest in peace. Amen. May her soul and the souls of all the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen.